How's everybody doing today? We are so, so excited to be on the Second Take podcast once again. Dr. Pastor Steve Thomas. Yeah, good to be here. How How you doing, Phil? I'm good. My name is Philip, and we are pumped to be back today, man. We've just been really enjoying this time of further discussion, diving deeper into the Word and and the messages from Sunday here at First Baptist Church, and also, you know, just really hopefully having practical applications for people to put into their 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 personal lives throughout the week you know sometimes we hear great messages on Sundays but it's hard to like put that into practice when we go back to work and we're like how do I apply this on a Monday yeah you know and so I just love some of these conversations we've been able to have Pastor Steve and I think you know this past Sunday we talked about church hurt yeah which is a huge yeah huge topic I think in our world because you know for the last I don't know 100 years here you know there's been a lot of different types of churches that have been born. Mm-hmm. A lot, the, the expression of the church has changed a lot. I mean, just from, you know, the 20th century, people started gathering in larger settings. You know, most of the time in the 19, 1800s, you might just meet in the same town, the same church, the same people, the same pastor. And that's yeah. really the only experience you had uh, with God. But now people are visiting different churches. There's multiple den- denominations that have sprouted up in the last, I don't know, hundred years, right? I mean, it's just so many different types of churches yeah. and different sizes of churches right. and different worship styles, different preaching styles, um, so much variety that it, I think it's hard sometimes for people, one, to figure out where they fit, but also it's easy for us to get hurt because church isn't what we thought it would be. That's right. I love that. And I think that also too, you know, it's, it's very much an in vogue conversation when we talk about the word deconstruction, deconstructing the way that we were raised and taught. And I think that there is a healthy way to deconstruct from poor teaching, Mm -hmm, false mm -hmm. teaching, right? Uh, Churches that were not maybe in in perfect alignment with scripture. Um, You can obviously go on the other side and, and go off the deep end and start deconstructing. Do you even believe in God because of people that uh, hurt you in the church. Maybe it was a pastor or someone that claimed to believe something, but, you know, uh, did the actual opposite. Yeah. You know, honest, healthy evaluation of our church experience is a good thing. If I'm going to come before the Lord and go, does this fit with you? And there's always going to be traditions that aren't necessarily in the Bible, but that are helpful for a time with a church in a church season or a church era that may need to be tossed aside at times or moved on from. The church certainly looks way different than it did in the early church. It looks different than it did 100 years ago, 300 years ago, or even just 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. Our question is, does it look like Jesus? And is it what's the best expression uh, of the church that looks the most like Jesus? That's what we're trying to get to. Yeah, and I love what you said on Sunday. Is basically, church is filled with sinners. <laughs> you know, I know, not. and that's the thing we just can't get away from. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's tough to think that we're going to get a group of people, whatever size, together and go, well, there's not going to be problems here. And the bigger you get, there's just more sinners. Yeah. And and so when we have sinners come together, we're going to have some sin yeah. at times. And we're going to have some hurt. We're going to have, you know, really the definition of saying missing the mark. Yeah. Not everyone's going yeah. to get it perfect. And especially pastors. I mean, pastors get a, a, a bad rap for this. It's like, well, my pastor hurt me. My pastor didn't, you know, uh, Basically, he didn't preach on what I wanted him to preach on Mm. or, you know, my pastor is not hard enough on sin. Or maybe someone would say, well, my pastor is too hard on sin. He's just too judgmental. And it's like pastors really. And this is what the Bible says, that you're going to be under a a stricter judgment Mm. because of we're teachers. And we've got to be careful that we feed the flock, we shepherd the flock 
and that we care for the flock because, you know, ultimately we're going to answer to God for how we pastored people. And I think a lot of pastors have, you know, no, well, I'll say this, no pastor is perfect and pastors make mistakes, miss the mark. Pastors sin. Pastors don't always do the right thing. And I think, you know, really we see even in celebrity church culture, right, where you have these mega churches now that have been birthed. So pastors become in some ways famous, the internet, television. And so now you have pastors that kind of put the spotlight on them. And then when they fall, it can really cause seismic damage to people's lives because they're like, well, I remember listening to this pastor at this church and he's the one that, you know, I was, I was saved through that ministry. And then they see that pastor may fall or have a, you know, an affair, or maybe there's something, Mm -hmm. you know, inappropriate that happens. Uh, And sometimes it's hard to like understand that our faith is in Christ and that pastor is still a person. He's a human. He's a human. He's a human who, as you said, does sin. And the fact that uh, any individual sins does make commit sin does not affect the fact that Jesus Christ died to pay for that sin. Mm-hmm. Now, there's always this talk about well, this. That was a horrendous sin. It was a sin that he preached against. And it was something maybe it was a sexual sin or maybe it was a financial sin. And it was just it took down his ministry. And like, how can I believe in Jesus? You can believe in Jesus because Jesus came to die for his sin and yours. And because someone has fallen doesn't negate what Jesus did through them. That's something we have to keep in mind. We're like, well, I could never go back to church because he let me down so much. You know, I'm sorry for that. And I hate that you're hurt and that your hurt is real. But remember what Jesus actually did, the times when you connected with him. That's why it's so important that we connect people directly to Jesus and that we as pastors are not the connector. Mm. We may be the introducer, someone who introduces people, who advises them in the relationship, and hopefully we're then the cheering section and the teachers to help that relationship happen. But they've got to be connected to Jesus because we're not the connection. We want them to be connected directly to Jesus so they can have that real personal experience. When that happens, even if a pastor falls, as sad and as horrible as that is, it shouldn't rock the world of those who are connected to Jesus. Yeah, I think one of the things that people often say and what really hurts people is they say, well, I, I don't know if I can believe anything he said. Yeah. Everything in his ministry was a lie. You know, if, like, for example, if a pastor falls and has an affair, and it's like, well, man, everything he said was just fake and a lie. And it's like, no, God used him. And God can even still use him if he repents. God will use broken people. And God will use people that are flawed. And no pastor is up preaching from a place of perfection. But I do think it does hurt, sadly, the ministry. It hurts the name of Christ when we have people in leadership that, that fall. And I think, you know, even in church hurt, like I think about pastors that maybe integrity, right? So they hadn't do anything to disqualify themselves from ministry, but they can be somewhat abusive sometimes, even in their mm-hmm. leadership styles. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be really hurtful. People are like, how could you treat someone that way? How could you not, you know, value and honor a key leader or someone who's volunteering and putting a lot of time? How could you not do that? And again, we're not looking to that person to validate us. We should be looking to Jesus Christ to validate us. And it's a hard lesson to, to learn. And, you know, sometimes people go, well, I don't even want these guys who have these big ministries and they're great speakers, and I don't even want to listen to them anymore. I, I would caution against that because God has gifted some amazing speakers and preachers and pastors that we can learn from. Just don't put them in the place of Jesus. And when they fall, it does hurt if they fall. 
Uh, but remember what you heard Jesus do through them, not them. It's not about them. It's about Jesus. Yeah. And I also think like, you know, there's people that have been hurt in multiple ways. Like we said, I mean, sometimes you, and and I think there's real issues there. I think people have been abused, have been yeah. molested, mm. have been mm. taken advantage of. Mm. There's real things that have happened and we're not excusing any of those things. I think that we're really trying to say, you know, that's a real hurt that happened. That person was wrong. They were in sin and God will judge them. Yeah. But it is our job to understand that, that God is a loving God. He never wanted those things to happen. And he has a way to heal even those hurts. Yeah. And I think sometimes people feel like, well, how can I heal when this person has never apologized or when they're still out there doing whatever it is that they're doing? And that is is the wrong way to look at that. Um your healing is not dependent upon them because you really own your healing, meaning your healing is, is based on how well I can connect with Christ and how well I can receive him into my life and how well I can forgive. Mm. It's a huge issue. Yeah. So as we said on Sunday, when, you, when you're trying to heal from church hurt, you need to repent, which means you need to turn around, which may mean you need to repent of some sin that you were a part of, or it may just mean I need to repent in the sense that I need to turn around from fleeing from the church yeah. and go back, make a 180 and get back to the church. And, and may not be the same church, probably wouldn't be. Um, needs to be a different expression of church and there's help you can get for that. But I need to, I need to repent. I need to forgive as mm-hmm. I'm returning. Yeah. And forgiveness is one of the things that I think people really miss and I think sometimes people think that if I forgive, then I'm letting them off the hook. Yeah. They're not on the hook. Reality, you don't have any real power over people. Um, but to forgive begins to free you uh, from the bondage. You know, Jesus talked about repentance and forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer when he said, you know, Lord, forgive those, forgive my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. And the idea is there is a tie between those two things that my failure to forgive cuts me off from a level of forgiveness from God because that unforgiveness isn't itself sin. So you always have unrepentant sin in your life when you refuse to forgive. Mm. And that's a hard concept for people to get. That, oh, I'm repenting. I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness. But there's one thing you're not asking for forgiveness for, and that's for unforgiveness. You're holding that against them, and it's killing you. Mm. Matthew 18 is an incredible chapter. Um, There's a story there of uh, Jesus tells a parable about this. And he tells this amazing story of this this guy who uh, owed a man, you know, a million dollars, maybe more. And the guy was demanding it of him. And he begged and begged and begged. And the guy forgave him of this this incredible debt. Mm. But on his way home, he found a guy that owed him a couple hundred dollars. And he refused to forgive him fact he had him and his family thrown into debtor's prison at the time yeah now when the first guy who forgave him the million dollars heard about it he went and got him and said i'm going to throw you into the jailers or really the the better translation is the torturers until you pay every cent Mm. and the picture there and this is a story i originally heard from from chuck swindoll is that you're going to be when you don't forgive you are tortured there is a constant churning and lack of peace in your life because you can't forgive people. Mm-hmm. And I fear 
that happening to people who suffered church hurt. The suffering is real. Um, the hurt is real. But when we don't forgive, we self-inflict torture on our own lives. Mm. And that prevents the healing process from happening. Yeah. And people may say, well, how do I know if I've done that? Well, anytime, if, if that church ever comes up in your mind or someone mentions whatever that pastor was that hurt you, whatever that leader was that hurt you, do you have that sense of grab at your deepest gut? <clears throat> mm-hmm. And you almost get angry just hearing about it. You need to probably think about working through some forgiveness yeah. for that person because you're, you're suffering unnecessarily because you're cutting yourself off from forgiveness in that area yourself. Wow. Yeah, that's a real, you know, a real issue. And I think that, you know, people also have um, a hard time forgiving uh, people's good intentions. And they Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of times they're predisposed to believe that people are out to get them. Yeah. And so because you were hurt once now at the new church, you're going to completely just treat everybody a certain way. You're not going to want to serve. You're not going to want to get involved. You're not going to want to trust the pastor. You don't want to really lift your hands in worship because you feel shame. And it's just, it's really robbing you of that new experience of healing that you could be experiencing in your new church because you're still comparing everything to your old church. And this is not the same environment. This is not the same pastor. This is a whole new group of people. And I think that people need to be set free in a place where they go, okay, listen, that was an old season. I've forgiven. I've moved on. And now I can do what God's called me to do, which is to be active in ministry and to serve and to love and to give and to be open and not be in a place where I'm, I'm always hiding from or what always, people are going to do to me. Yeah, or always ready to be offended. Oh, you, you weren't going to ask me to do what I really want to do. That's how I was treated before. You know, oh, are you going to overuse me? So I'm not I'm not really going to commit to to serve, but maybe like once a quarter or something, you know, and you're like. You're just robbing yourself of the joy of being involved in the kingdom of seeing people connected to Jesus and the glory of that and lives changed. And, and that that's heartbreaking to us as leaders. Yeah. And I, you know, I hurt and I, I, it bothers me so deeply when I think that, you know, who have we hurt? Who have we, we didn't mean to. Um, we so want to protect the, the flock. And uh, sometimes, though, people do get upset. They do get disappointed. And as much as we try to prevent it, it does happen. And we try our best, you know, to, to help them heal. And if we've messed up, we, we, we're we sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is the church isn't going to meet everyone's needs. And sometimes people go, well, this isn't the church I thought it was going to be. And I just try to be very clear with them that, I'm, I'm sorry that's true, but I also understand that it's true. And there are different types of churches and we may not be the best, best fit for everyone. Mm-hmm. And we try to help them, you know, in all to find where they can best fit and uh, try to help them do that with great love. Yeah. I also think on the other side, Pastor Steve, there's a group of people that are maybe listening or just, you know, I think there's a group of people in every church that's really just, like you said, they've taken the bait of Satan. They're just offended at everything Mm -hmm. and they've allowed themselves to kind of get bitter and just, I'm just going to come and everyone's going to be just like glad that I made it here because I was just, you know, it's, it's God's lucky. I'm even sitting in this pew right now because of what I've been through. And I think that we have to repent of that 100%. And I also think sometimes people need to understand that you weren't church hurt. You were just corrected by your pastor. You were wrong. And you need to, you know, understand that, you know, just because your pastor told you, hey, we're not going to do this or this is not how you should be living 
or this is something, you know, you didn't want to actually hear correction. And so you just be, say, well, I was church hurt, but no, you weren't church hurt. You just don't want to listen to what God has to say. Yeah. And I people think, get offended by that a lot. You talked about my sin. You didn't talk about this person's sin. The way you talked about it wasn't the way I wish you would, you know, that happens. And the truth is we have to be willing to tell people that because we have to tell them what they want, what they need to hear, even when they don't want to hear it. Mm. And that's, that's something if we don't do that, you know, we're really missing the boat as a, as a church. Yeah. And I also think there's people that, you know, we're complaining sometimes about the churches we attend, but what are we doing to affect change? And what are we doing to solve that problem? That might be the problem that God's calling you to solve. You know, we don't have a good children's ministry. Okay. Well then what have you done to help us be better in children's ministry? We don't, we don't do enough events. Okay. Well the church may need an event coordinator and you're just the person for the job. So, you know, stop being church hurt by the church. Never going to be perfect. God may be asking you to get off the bench and in the game to help solve these issues. And I think that, you know, when we look at church as a spectator sport, Mm. entertain me, pastor, I hope they've got great worship. They've got great kids. Everything's great. We have good events and there's always this entertainment aspect of this. I love going to this church because every time I go, it's almost like a free event, you know, and church is way more than a free event or a free concert for you to go to a free Ted talk every Sunday. This is an opportunity for you to be, what the Bible calls brick on brick, laying your life down mm-hmm. to build what Jesus is building, the church of Jesus Christ, people upon people that are here to disciple one another, that are here to spread the gospel, that are here to sharpen and build up, you know, the reflection of of bo- the body of Christ yeah. and that's on why, earth. And that's why it's so much fun and so rewarding. Uh, even though there's possibility of getting hurt, getting disappointed, when you're around people who are, allowing Jesus Christ to live through them. I mean, and growing and developing and uh, taking new steps to follow Jesus and being a part of connecting people to him and serving in different areas. It's the most fun thing I think you can do. It's, it's such an incredible living, life-giving thing that I just don't want people to miss out on that. Yeah. You know, you said something I think that's kind of really big. You said, why is it important to heal? If we don't heal, we miss out on what the church yeah. has to offer. What are some of the key things that you feel like the church has to offer that you'd like to remind people today that have been church hurt? Yeah, I I think that relationship with other people following Jesus is priceless. You can't really follow Jesus on your own. People say, well, I can worship on my own. To some extent, that's kind of true, but you really won't. Your worship will become very self-centered. It will become very sporadic. It will you'll have a hard time connecting with Jesus. That's just the truth of it. Mm. Um, so I want people to know others who are following Jesus because your worship will be so much richer. Your life will have so much more meaning as you walk this journey and as you walk through the up the the valleys and the peaks with people. Your life becomes so much more rich. Um, so it's really about the relationships with the people that point us to Jesus, that allow us to worship, that give us uh, a meaningful existence and also give us incredible support when we are challenged. Mm. Um, that, you know, I know I can call key brothers and sisters in Christ and go, man, I can't believe what happened. It's really hard. Can you pray for me? Can you come around me? Can you be with me? That's a powerful, powerful thing. Um, 
of course, in addition to the fact that being a part of church is a celebration, it's kind of a looking forward to what heaven's going to be like. Mm. That's why it's so much fun to walk into church and see all kinds of people. Yeah. And go, wow, there's people from the other side of the world right here. That's how it's going to be in heaven. Yeah. And getting to know them and getting to experience that and to kind of have a rehearsal for what heaven's going to be like. Yeah, and I love that because we talk about heaven. You know, Jesus said he's coming back for his bride. Mm-hmm. You know, and the body of Christ, the church, the called out people that are born again are the bride of Christ. We're going to be presented to Jesus in heaven as his bride. And I don't know about you, but if, you know, someone's talking bad about my wife, I don't necessarily like it. Like yeah. We're cut yeah. off. It's like, don't talk bad about my wife. You can talk right. bad about me, but don't make snide comments about my wife because now all of a sudden we can't hang out. We can't right. be friends. And I right. think that. We have to be careful to talk bad about Jesus's bride and the mm. church of Jesus Christ is that ultimately this is not just about one church. It's about the overall, the big C yeah. church, the people that are born again, the, the, the called out ones of God, the real church of, of Christ is, is a beautiful thing. And it's going to be, we're going to be presented to Christ. And I think we have to understand that Jesus is coming back for his bride. I want to be in that number uh, mm-hmm. when he returns. And mm-hmm. I want to, that doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't attend that Sunday, you're not in the body of Christ. But I do think that we have to be planted, as you know. And, you know, the, the, the message version says that your life will flourish if you're planted in the mm-hmm. house of God. And I think that people need to understand that there's a lot that the church has to offer. Flourishing relationships, as you mentioned. I mean, there just may be valuable connections, a friend that connects you with another friend that all of a sudden, you know, was an opportunity that you needed or your pastor wrote a recommendation for this job you were looking for, or, you know, someone connected with you and all of a sudden maybe you met your future spouse. I mean, I know for me, I met my, you know, spouse, I met my wife in church because I was serving and she was serving and we just, we, you're going to connect with people that are like-minded. And I think a lot of times we get church hurt and all of a sudden we, we really start to look to the world to kind of solve our problems. And really the church is God's answer to everything on earth. I mean, even poverty, the widows, the orphans, God has called the church to be the light and to be the city on a hill, man. If we're going to be a part of affecting change in the world, I believe it's going to happen through the church. Absolutely. And that, that's you're you're when you walk away from the church, you're walking away from God's primary instrument for change in the world. Wow. And, and it's, it's just heartbreaking. I mean, people are trying to find it somewhere else. They go, I can't find the church. Well, maybe you need to try a different church. Don't give up on the church because that's what God is going to use in its, in its flawed beauty, if you will. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's how he works. It's who he works through. And, uh, I just don't want people to miss it. Yeah. Well, I think, um, this is just a great conversation starter. I think there's so much more. If you have, church hurt we pray that you can uh release and forgive and return to the church of jesus christ and find a local church find a bible church that's near you someone that's teaching the word of god maybe you know again it's so much easier now in our day where you can really kind of check a church out before you you go and visit so hopefully you can do that and if you're listening to this anywhere maybe a few years from now, if you, you land on this podcast today, let it, we want you to know that the church matters and your life is, it matters to God and he wants you to be a part of the body of Christ. And that's really where, you know, when we come together, we're so much stronger, we're so much better. So we're praying that you can um, move forward and you can release that hurt from the past. Mm-hmm. Pastor, do you want you pray for those that are listening today yeah. that need to let go and to um, have a fresh start? Yeah, Heavenly Father, we lift up those who've been hurt 
And um, God, we hate that they've been hurt, but we also know you are the great healer. You're the great physician. And God, I pray that you would draw them back to you, that they would have a sense of, of your spirit moving them back to the church and that you would give them wisdom and that you would give them discernment as to the church you're drawing them to, Lord. We love you and we look forward to what you're going to do with the church and through the church in these days. In Jesus' name, amen.